Good morning, friends. It's Grania Tyndall here from Numbers for Success with another podcast from the Numbers for Success series. And here we are on the 6th of December 2020. And we are finally in the final month of 2020. And what a year it has been. And what a year it has been in good ways and maybe challenging ways. But for now and for the next few weeks, as I do my podcasts, we're just going to look at just the general gist of December and what we can, you know, look forward to astrologically. I would have mentioned it last week. We're in for a, a, a riveting time, needless to say, from the 21st of December 2020. But firstly, I just wanted to say thank you. I always start with gratitude. Thank you for all you wonderful patrons and people who have supported my work and who have really given me the motivation to keep going. Because there's times, you know, when you're doing this work, I'm doing it alone, obviously. And it's sometimes you're not sure whether you're actually helping people. For me, my whole aim in life as an international numerologist and soul seer is to inspire people to maybe look at things a little bit different in their lives and the feedback I've got from the various different um, podcasts I've been doing for the last 25 weeks has been really really awesome and I'm so grateful to you all thank you thank you thank you so here we are in December and we've been working through various different themes and so forth. And I just kind of wanted to just give a little brief sort of overview for December. And I suppose December can conjure up, you know, very various different forms, such as there's excitement for the children um, and, you know, for the fact that Santa Claus and the uh, fairies and so forth will be coming to provide gifts and so forth. But of course, there's a huge premise behind that as well. And it's about gifts you know, the receiving and the giving of gifts in many, many ways. And I suppose, you know, for me, um, as my children are, you know, adults, it's very different, you know, from what it would have been when I was a young mother and a young parent. And, you know, it was such an exciting time, whereas now it can be quite a lot of drudgery. But um, we're going to be looking at that in some funny ways we can view it. But I just wanted to start off firstly with the fact that the word holidays or holy days it's no coincidence that the uh, word of whole health and heal and holy is hail so you know that expression hail and hearty and when we heal we become whole and we are holy okay so it's just a twist on the words and during this holiday season you know it's important to open to the healing forces and the natural states of grace that allow us to be hale and hearty once again certainly in a year we've had 2020 coming into the last year the last hurdle and yet we still have to embark on two pivotal days the 12th of the 12th and the 21st of the 12th so it is a marvelous time for holiness, W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S. And we don't become holy by, you know, by requiring or requiring badges and brownie points. It's nothing to do with virtue or job descriptions or morality. It is nothing. It is nothing we can do in this do-it-yourself world. It is a gift, a sheer gift waiting there to be recognised and received. And you don't have to be qualified to be holy. We do not have to be qualified to be whole or healed. It can be easily to get caught up in this frantic energy of shopping, festivities. You know, uh, I know a lot of us wouldn't have been able to shop for quite a while because we've been on lockdown and now people are gone crazy, you know, queuing all night. 
certainly here in Ireland, queuing all night in major department stores. And what will happen will be the balance then will be off again. And it's so important to become whole. And it, it you know, and it's such an important time. And actually, it ties in very well with my my A to Z guide to um, daily living um, and or soul, soul living. And it's W today and last week was voice and now it's W so it's whole and it's also wisdom which I'll be referring to now in a moment so like in the northern hemisphere where I I am um, I'm based in the southeast of Ireland Um, December it is the darkest time of the year and as I record this uh, podcast the the sun is a very it's a very low winter sun desperately trying to get through and we've had sleet and snow uh, here in where I live and the trees are bare and yet there's there's a coldness and yet a stillness to the day and you know it is the officially as we say the the longest um win- the longest day- night of the year will be on the 21st we have the most darkness and but that's what awaiting the emergence of the gradually increasing light which will herald the new beginning again and also the new start of the light returning which is such an important part and in um, in Hanukkah they um, Hanukkah is a season where people honour the light during the Hanukkah season which usually falls in December um, by lighting the menorah and the African traditions celebrate the seven principles of self-determination and ritualise respect for the mystery of light and life itself and that's why we're referring here to the mystic heart, which is a way of experiencing more spontaneity, presence and joy in our lives. And I feel to have the mystic heart. I love the word mystic and mysticism. It has the same root word as mystery. And in this season, when the light begins to emerge from the darkness, we can explore the mystery of love in our own lives. And the mystic heart is such an important part of, um, you know, gaining maturity as we emerge from the darkness into the light. And particularly now with the what we've all been through um, in terms of this time of absolutely world changing events, which we've all every single person on the planet has experienced um, for the whole of 2020. Little did we think that by this, you know, in March when all this began, um, that we would, you know, still by Christmas be still exploring this this extraordinary time. But we are. So that's all we can do. So I wanted just to refer to um, the W. So we talked about whole being whole, W-H-O-L-E, which enables us to have and live with an open and mystic heart. But now I wanted to talk a little bit about wisdom. And for me, for me personally, wisdom is always associated with alchemy. And alchemy is is said to be that it is when base metal is transmuted into, into gold. And like alchemy, both magic and miracles are transformative process and both are the expression of divine energy. And... There's a brilliant book called Notions and Potions, a safe practical guide to creating magic and miracles. And it's by Susan Bowles. And she explains that because magic is based on knowledge of natural law, 
which includes the cycles of the moons and the planets, the nuances of the weather and the rhythm of the seasons, it has always been considered a feminine mystery. And this stems from the days when it was a woman's work to grow and harvest plants and herbs. And women learned how the potency of plants responded to the phases of the moon, the time of day or night and the seasons of the year. And so that was when women who would have been called, yes, you've guessed it, witches, which is a word I really, really don't like, because for me, it always conjures up images of, you know, casting spells and, you know, you know, the dark energy, because these are wise, wise women who knew when was the right time to plant herbs and plant vegetables and it was according to the moon cycles and that's why they listened to what was going on around them and these wise women which were talking about wisdom they also learned to create powerful and highly effective you know perfumes potions um you know spells um and also it was for the betterment of people though mostly of course there's always the dark there but um well, you know, and uh, what happened was a lot of, bless them, the fragile male ego began to view these women as being strong, powerful, corruptive and because of their knowledge and wisdom. And it certainly took a strong women and woman to be able to, you know, be in her own power and continue to assist people in the various uh, neighbourhoods. Um and so, like, I guess from the beginning of time, what maybe men couldn't understand, they feared. And whatever was feared had to be hated or discounted or manipulated. And that's why miracle workers came to be called saints. Scientists couldn't be identified as shamans and magic makers couldn't. Magic makers became known as witches. So that's something to be aware of, you know. So miracle workers became called saints because if something was feared, it had to be called something else. So, I, you know, the word, yeah, I don't like that word witch at all. So um, I found that when, you know, when I mention the word witch, it often brings up, you know, that image to people of, you know, supernatural and and demons and all that type of stuff but also you can think of what my favourite one would be when I was a kid Bewitched and Sabrina you know um, lending some desperately needed excitement as well as some expected morality to the American audiences around the world um, and I think the, for me the greatest one was the Wizard of Oz the Glinda the Good Witch of the North who tells the young Dorothy the power to find her own happiness the way home has always been with her all along and and that's what I feel is the real essence of the divine feminine the divine union um, and I feel that you know you know the energy of Glinda or Glinda the Good Witch of the North was teaching Dorothy empowerment of self and recognizing that nobody else outside of yourself can make you happy or can help you to live your life you have to do it for yourself and that's why you know that's where the wisdom the wisdom of our you know being on this earth being as man or woman it's so important that we get to know who we are so that we are able to you know live this experience and command it and enjoy it you know because when you come home to yourself and that's what 2020 has been all about 
coming home to the heart, the heart of the home, being at home and being at home with yourself. Because when you're at home with yourself, you can be anywhere in the world and feel comfortable and safe with who you are. You could be in your bed or you could be walking uh, amongst the trees. It it makes no difference. You're at one with self. And I know I've been speaking about this in the past number of weeks um, about, you know, marrying yourself and finding love within self. So it's a it's, it's a really exciting time. And, you know, at the season that we're in, like yesterday now, I I decorated my house and I'm usually my children call me the Grinch because I am a Grinch for Christmas because um, it was actually Jilly Cooper. She was a brilliant, um, <laughs> very funny, witty Amer- English writer. I used to read all her books in the 80s and 90s. And it was th- she said this, there is no doubt that being prepared is the secret to a more harmonious Christmas. If Joseph had booked a room in advance, Jesus could not have been born in a stable. That's Jilly Cooper. She's very naughty. And what she's saying is, you know, the most important thing around this Christmas season um, is energetically is to prepare. So a perfectly managed Christmas, um, you know, would would be lovely, but it doesn't happen. And um, I mean, I have every intention every year that I will be prepared and there's never yet been a year that I haven't and it's not so hard for me now as I say because my my children are grown up but for those who have young children and families I mean there's the crazy making which which can be just mad you know and I suppose I feel that um you know if if the point is, it's too late for schedules and countdowns. Whenever you celebrate Chanukka or Christmas, instead, let's count all the things you love about this whole time of year. And we can do it. We really can do it. So I ask you this question, dear friends. What are your five happiest Christmas memories? And I bet, you know, when you think of it, right, and give yourself time to think about it, they'll all be sensory, such as perhaps like... um you know, sitting around the fire toasting marshmallows or the smell of your mom making your Christmas cake or the maybe the fragrance of of pine or well, whatever it is. And it's about savouring these gifts of every sense. And it's about, again, romancing the season and celebrating. That's so important. And, you know, let's think about it. Once upon a time, you actually believed that Christmas was the most magical time of year and it can be again I think the real miracle of Christmas is that it allows the mystical child remember we opened up the mystical heart that might be inside of us all fast asleep to be reborn every year awakening a sense of wonder and even though you might have had 11 months of this grown up discouragement disappointment locking in lockdown Allow the month of December, says the Grinch speaking, to believe that this is possible. It can be magical. And I have to say, when I put the tree up and I put the lights up and I have all my candles lit at night and my fire lit, I adore wintertime. And it was just bliss. And um, with a lovely, you know, uh, Baileys uh, with ice. And if you do that, you know, really you know, really start with whatever you can, you know, see, hear, taste, touch, smell that sense of Christmas season. Um, So, you know, 
Charles Dickens wrote an essay, bless him, back in 1851, and it is What Christmas Is As We Grow Older, okay? And he's reminiscing, and I mean, Charles Dickens is notorious for bringing us Ebenezer Scrooge, and I can certainly be him as well sometimes at Christmas. So I'm making a commitment to all of you fine folk all around the world that I'm really going to... um, savour and enjoy the Christmas season you know especially for the year we've had and um, so time was with most of us when Christmas Day encircling all our limited world like a magic ring left nothing out for us to miss or seek bound together all our home enjoyments affections and hopes grouped everything and everyone around the Christmas fire and made the little picture shining in our bright young eyes compete and that's what Charles Dickens said, um, who I just referred to there. So let's face it, as we grow older, let us be more thankful for the circle of our Christmas associations and of the lessons that bring and expand and, you know, welcome people home. For me, my one of my daughters will be coming back from London. Uh, my other daughter's still travelling, but I will have my youngest daughter with me. And, you know, this is in a time of gathering, of receiving and giving gifts welcoming uh, a new year, which I think 2021 will be (laughs) one of the greatest celebrations around the world, I think, for all of us. And really recognising how far you've come, recognising that you've got through 11 months and that there are gifts in this. There are gifts for every single season. And for this particular season, it's opening up your mystical heart, finding the mystery and the joy and the pleasure and the excitement of life through childlike eyes and put up your lights, put up your tree if you believe in it, you know, make sure that you are open to receiving gifts as well as giving. And sometimes it's the gift of visiting somebody, especially the year we've had where we haven't been able to see people as much. Maybe you have an elderly neighbour, you might drop in some, bake some cookies or do something for them just to make them just to remember them. And I just feel, you know, I feel this year for all of us as a world will be very different because of what we've actually gone through. But I believe for the better. And I believe with the light coming on the 21st of December, the emergence from the dark of a very challenging time, we are coming into a new dawn, a new day, and we will be feeling good. So well done. And then I just wanted to finish up with a message from the four agreements, which are, if you remember, be impeccable with your word, always do your best, don't take anything personally, and what is the final one? Um, uh, Don't make assumptions. Um, So the message for us for today and for the week is be impeccable with your word. So that's our agreement. And this is the message. Release the right and need to be right. When you believe something, you assume you are right and you may even destroy relationships in order to defend your position. Let go of the need to defend your position. And I feel this is very important because I have actually experienced this personally where I would have a belief and someone else has a belief And they get caught up because they want to change my beliefs. So therefore, they go stropping off because they wanted to be the one who was right. And by me sitting back and not saying anything and not even reacting was the key to showing 
and didn't letting go of the need to be right, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I guess you know, whoever's listening to this, wherever you are in the world, that might make sense. Releasing the need to be right and assuming that you're right, because that's how or start. So it doesn't mean you can't believe in what you believe in, but you don't have to defend it. So, friends, it's been a pleasure as usual. Uh, if you need to contact me, please do. Numbersforsuccess.com and have a wonderful week filled with wonderment and magic and the mystery and the mystery of the heart and of Christmas. Until we speak again, much love. <laughs>